Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Forgotten Events. I am your host, Katie. This episode is an oldie, but goodie for sure. It takes us back to the 1930s and the New York Supreme Court for New York County, New York. This is the story of Missing Judge Crater. Joseph Forrest Crater was born January 5th in 1889 and would be declared legally dead June 6th, 1939. Joseph was a New York State Supreme Court justice who disappeared during, well, what some call a political scandal. He was last seen leaving a restaurant in Manhattan. And despite massive publicity, The case was never solved and was officially closed 40 years after he disappeared. Joseph Crater's disappearance fueled public anxiety about New York City corruption. Joseph Crater's official title was Justice of the New York Supreme Court for New York County, which is a trial court. In 1930, after the start of the first investigations of what would become the Seabury Commission, Joseph Crater and his wife, Stella Mance Wheeler, were vacationing at their summer cabin in Maine. While on vacation, Joseph received a telephone call. When the call concluded, Joseph told his wife that he was headed back to New York City. He said that he was going there to... Quote, straighten those fellows out, end quote. The next day, he arrived at his New York City apartment, then immediately proceeded to Atlantic City, New Jersey, with his mistress, Sally Lou Ritzy. Joseph Crater would return to Maine on August 1st and travel back to New York on August 3rd. Before he left for the second trip, he told his wife that he would return by August 9th, which was her birthday. Crater's wife stated that he was in good spirits and behaving normally when he departed for the city. On the morning of Wednesday, August 6th, Crater spent some time in his chambers going through his files, reportedly destroying documents. His law clerk, Joseph Mara, cashed two checks for him that amounted to $5,150, roughly $80,000 today. Around noon, he and Mara carried two locked briefcases directly to his apartment. Later that evening, Crater went to a Broadway ticket agency and bought one seat from William Douche, the proprietor of Supreme Tickets, for a comedy called Dancing Partner 
at the Belasco Theater. He then went to a restaurant where he ate dinner with his mistress, Ritzy, and William Klein, a lawyer friend of his. William Klein later told investigators that Crater was in a good mood that evening and gave no indication that anything was troubling him. Joseph Crater's dinner companions gave somewhat differing accounts of his departure from the restaurant. Klein, his lawyer friend, initially testified that, quote, the judge got into a taxi cab outside the restaurant about 9.30 p.m. and drove west on 45th Street, end quote. And this account was initially confirmed by the mistress, quote, at the sidewalk, Judge Crater took a taxi cab, end quote. Klein and the mistress would later change their story and say that they had entered a taxi outside the restaurant while Joseph Crater headed down the street on foot. Initially, there was no instantaneous reaction to Crater's disappearance. When he did not return to Maine after 10 days, his wife began making calls to their friends in the city. And on August 25th, when Crater failed to report to the bench, his fellow justices became alarmed. The police were finally notified on September 3rd, and immediately the missing judge became front page news. The mistress, Sally Lou Ritzy, a showgirl, June Bryce, and another woman, Vivian Gordon, would become subjects in the investigation. Crater enjoyed the nightlife and had been involved with, let's say, more than one woman. In the aftermath of the case, two of the women he had been involved with left town abruptly, and a third would be murdered. Ritzy, the mistress, who had dined with him the evening that he disappeared, left the city around September of 1930. She had returned to Youngstown, Ohio, to live with her parents. Ritzy said that she had left New York suddenly because she had received word that her father was seriously ill. And in 1937... Ritzy was still being subjected to interviews by police investigating the Crater case. She was living in Beverly Hills, California at the time. June Bryce, another showgirl, had been seen with Joseph Crater the day before he disappeared. A lawyer acting for Crater's wife believed that Bryce had been at the center of a scheme to blackmail the judge and that a boyfriend of hers had killed the judge. June disappeared the day that a grand jury was to convene on the case. She would eventually be located, though, in a mental hospital in 1948. Vivian Gordon, a third woman, was involved in high-end prostitution and linked to Madame Polly Adler. Polly Adler was an American madam, oh, and an author, best known for her work, A House is Not a Home, 
which was adapted into a film of the same name after her death. Vivian Gordon had liaisons with a large number of influential business people and was the owner of a number of properties believed to be fronts for legal and illegal activity. On February 20th, 1931, Vivian was angry about a conviction that had resulted in her losing custody of her then 16-year-old daughter. She met the head of an official inquiry into city government corruption, which had been launched after Crater's disappearance, and offered to testify about police corruption. Five days later, she would be murdered. The publicity surrounding Vivian Gordon's killing led to the resignation of a police officer whom she had accused of framing her and the suicide of her daughter. This also led to the resignation of then-Mayor Jimmy Walker. In October 1930, a grand jury began examining the Joseph Crater case, calling 95 witnesses and amassing a 1,000 pages of testimony. Mrs. Crater, however, refused to appear. The conclusion was that, quote, the evidence is insufficient to warrant any expression of opinion as to whether Crater is alive or dead, or as to whether he has absented himself voluntarily, or is the sufferer from disease in the nature of amnesia, or is the victim of a crime, end quote. At the time, some theorized that Crater had left town with another woman or to avoid revelations of his corruption. But some say that starting a new life in another location would have been virtually impossible given the popularity of the case. Six months after his disappearance, Crater's wife found envelopes containing checks, stocks, bonds, and a note from the judge in a dresser drawer which had been empty when searched earlier by police. The discovery led to several new but ultimately inconclusive leads and no further trace of Crater was ever found. He just vanished. The case would eventually be officially closed in 1979. On August 19th in 2005, authorities revealed that after Mrs. Crater's death at the age of 91, they had received notes that had been written by Queen's resident Stella Ferrucci Good in which she claimed that her then-husband, NYPD Detective Robert Good, had learned that Crater was killed by a Charles Burns, another NYPD officer. According to the letter, Crater was buried near West 8th Street in Coney Island, Brooklyn, at the current site of the New York Aquarium. However, Police could not find any records that indicated human remains had been discovered at that site when it was excavated in the 1950s. Crater's last letter, most likely written on the day of his disappearance, 
was sold at auction in 1981 for $700, worth about $2,000 today. The letter was marked confidential and began, quote, The following money is due me from the persons named. Get in touch with them, for they will surely pay their debts. End quote. 